Welcome to the Emo Social Club podcast. Back again, broadcasting to you live from EmoSocialClub.tv. I, professionally, am Brian. And I, kind of professionally, am Lizzie. <laughs> We're both fairly professional. Uh, today on the podcast, we have R.B. Rowe of Get Tough. No relation. Our names sound the same, but they are spelled <laughs> differently. So no no concern there of like oh ryan's got a cousin or some shit no there's no no conflict of interest and even so you know if you had a cousin in their band slapped i'd be like okay i put them on uh yeah we uh we talked with them about their new music coming out soon their release of a new record on the 16th which will be live streamed on twitch uh we are uh we're now friends now friends <laughs> We're buddies. Uh, yeah we talk about nice people in music and how that's the most important thing so if you're listening to this podcast you better be fucking nice we're fucking and if nice you are not a nice person we'll bully you we'll find you we'll and bully you bully the shit out you uh so that episode will be coming at you in a moment but before we get into it lizzie lizzie what you got going on this week uh, nothing much. Just still trying to get my shit together after this chaotic year and week, basically. It's it's it's, it's literally Thursday. Recording this is Thursday. It's I didn't been, even know it was Thursday. <laughs> it's been literally seven days of a year, and it's, it's been one entire year. Yeah, I think I've lost at least like two years of my life. In Just this in the past week. seven days. <laughs> yes, yeah. in this past seven days. That's it. Hate it. Terrible. Anyway, <laughs> I don't have too much to report on my end, but you can go and hang out with us on Twitter at XEMOSocialClubX and on TikTok. I keep making TikToks. I do make at least like once a day. So that also includes that when I have some downtime at work, I'll make some type of chaotic TikTok of some sorts and hopefully you like it. So make sure you also are over there at XEMOSocialClubX and then tell me what kind of TikToks you want me to make within reasons. Obviously, don't make it weird, but I Give try us my best. ideas. Provide us the content. You provide us the content. Tell us what the kids like. Because I'm doing blind reactions. And I'm like, don't we all know this song? So then I realize why it's all the songs we know. Because there's copyright problems. So everybody who already has already talked to me or said, hey, you should make a compilation of blind reacts to, like, say, super obscure Fall Out Boy songs. Which I tried to do. And it got taken down. Because yep. some of those songs weren't originally put up by the artists themselves that's why it's primarily all the singles of the songs that have radio play or are popular enough that people know them enough that it's you know just a song everyone has listened to by now that band it's trash trash blind reacts trash blind reacts hey do you know this do you know the the biggest single by a huge band that's played on the radio all the time yeah yeah, somebody's like, do you remember the song by yellow cart and it's fucking ocean avenue yeah of course i listen to yeah. it every week where have you been I don't, I don't know where the, you've been. Do you not, not all listen audience. to these? My thing is, is that they're like, do you remember listening to this? And I'm like, do do you just not listen to this every single fucking day just, of the week? It's like, wait, are we are we wrong? Are we are we doing do something we have wrong? Problems? We might like, have problems. Like, what, what, but what would we do? Would you do like a blind reactive like? Do you remember these NSYNC songs? It's like, I mean, I remember yeah. NSYNC songs. I remember yeah. Jonas Brothers songs. I don't know One Direction. I completely missed that bus. That's about it. Like maybe like Cartoon Network shows. Maybe they're like, "Do you remember this Cartoon Network show?" I'd be like, "Ha ha, man, it's crazy." Yeah, I do. 
Yeah, I do. I remember not the new ones, direct though. quotes from it. No, not, not new, new ones, ones, but like no. from any like of the Avenger our... time or chat. I couldn't tell you shit about any of those. The other ones, yes. TikTok's fucking weird, man. <laughs> I'm over it. I'm over it already. I'm being old man. You posted like two videos. Two. That's correct. Working on. I'm working on more content. There's also a um a doppelganger of Brian if he had like no facial hair and like no tattoos. But this this guy had I did a blind react to this person to this this dude on TikTok. I don't remember his name, but he looks like Brian, but younger. And it. without like less facial hair. Like not adult Brian, but like baby Brian. And he literally put traps headstrong in this blind react. And I'm like, who the fuck do you think you are? This is low, bad energy. This is bad that's low energy. Fake Brian energy. <laughs> fake Brian energy. <laughs> It's off-brand Brian energy. It's generic uh, Brian energy. I have a fucking brand. Everybody's out here trying to steal it with their fucking faces. But Brian, um, the real Brian, what are you? What have you been doing this week? What do you have coming up? <laughs> oh man, you know, just the most. Uh, we're back on the video game streams during the day. We've been hanging out. Uh, we played Among Us the past couple Mondays, so uh that might be a returning thing we got some friends in the uk who keep inviting me to play among us with them so i'm Ooh. fine to do it uh you can find some videos of that gameplay over on our youtube channel i'm hoping to have a video up every week uh so there should have been one already posted by the time you're hearing this this intro uh Thank so you. go check us out on youtube youtube.com slash emo social club uh you can find us on instagram at emo social club uh we're all pretty much over there just you know if you're hearing this, if you're listening to this at the beginning of the year, we'd love to know that you uh that you've enjoyed, you stuck with stuck with us. Uh please share, like, comment, subscribe on all of the platforms. We just really appreciate it. It you know, independent podcast. We gotta gotta get those uh gotta get that word of mouth, gotta get those likes, gotta get those shares. Gotta get them. You, if, leave a nice comment on like and when you review the podcast on like Apple Music, I think that's specifically where you can do it. Just say something mm. nice. Or say something, something like nice. not super nice, but at least get five stars. Like when you rate like your Uber yeah. driver, like Grubhub driver, like just do that. Just yeah. do that. That's fine. Take a minute of your day and say something slightly rude to us and give us five stars. It takes but a minute of your day to leave us <laughs> scratching our heads and saying thank you. Anyway, we'll also be back uh, on Friday. We did a Saturday uh, DJ stream this past weekend uh, because of Lizzie's work schedule. We will be back on our regularly scheduled Friday nights this Friday, uh, whatever the date is. <laughs> whatever, who the knows? The 15th, know January 15th. It'll be January 15th. Uh, we'll be back January 15th, Friday night, 6 p.m. Central Time, Chicago time. And uh, playing all the bops and the beeps and the boops and the shoops and the sheeps. And the jazz. It's an all jazz night. We're going to have an all jazz night on <laughs> January 15th. Turns out. Uh, yeah. So that's where you can find us. EmailSocialClub.tv is the link. Without further ado, let's get into it. Here is our interview with R.B. Rowe of Get Tough. Exactly, though. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> That's how I found out about Within Temptation. I watched like a Sims AMV of like one of their songs. I was like, what is this? This is great. That's so sick. God. Uh, hello, everyone. Hi, everybody. We are here with RB Rowe. Is your last your last name is Rowe? 
Yeah. Because my last, last name is name also Rowe. But it's yeah, a different one. With a W, yeah. That's so crazy. So, Everybody always thinks that's my last name. Yep. I, all, uh, all my names are spelled wrong. <laughs> I've always... I've always gotten like really weird things like, oh, are you related to the guy from the Ataris? And I'm like, <laughs> it's like, it's like by somebody I've known for years. And I'm like, no, why, why, where did <laughs> this, this come from? Establish if that was the point. Of yeah. It, oh my God. He's like, oh, well, your, your last names are the same. And I'm like, it's spelled differently. What are you talking about? <laughs> I, uh, one time I met my friend, Michael Rowe from the band Daisy Head. Uh, mm. when we met, we realized we had the same last name was spelled the same, which is like, it's not that uncommon, but it's like mm -hmm. a little uncommon. So we're like shouting relative names at each other, like all night, just like yeah. trying to figure out if we're related. We're not at all, but I still call him <laughs> uncle Mike. which I think is really funny. <laughs> yeah. People also think you're related to, uh, to micro from dirty jobs. Oh my God. Like, they love to I think I'm think related so. to micro. Yeah, I'm like I, I, I don't think so, and I don't uh, <laughs> want to be necessarily. <laughs> like, mm, mm. maybe no. I mean, could be fun. Yeah, somewhere down like the line. Yeah, he does. He seems like he seems like he's like just right on that verge of being like, oh, also I voted libertarian. It's like, oh, okay, oh, man, no, no, that dude is definitely hey. libertarian. Hey, <laughs> oh, yeah. buddy. Like, <laughs> Yeah, like, well, I care about the working class until it comes to voting. But he's also like hella rich, so it, yeah. it's hard to know where his like political ideology would lie. Yeah, yeah. Let's not he's get into a... that. Oh, we can get into <laughs> it. We're gonna break down. Listen, we our our last names are very similar, so we're breaking down every popular rose political leanings. We're just <laughs> make gonna the be tree. Like we're just going to have all, all the string and everything. Yeah. Like, all right, guys, listen. <laughs> this is how we get here, here, and oh here. My God. <laughs> Little Pepe Sylvia action. Yeah. Love that. Pepe Sylvia. <laughs> Welcome to the Emo Social Club podcast, broadcasting to you live from emosocialclub.tv. I am Brian. And I'm Lizzie. And this week we are back with our first episode of the year that is <laughs> live stream recorded with rb row of get tough hello how are you i am wonderful uh as you said i'm rb so that's it it's all you need to know yeah <laughs> two letters all the information <laughs> two letters all the literally every time i have to introduce myself to someone i'm like my name's rb and they're like they're like like the sandwich and i'm like like <laughs> the letters and I always say, like the letters, and they go, <laughs> like Arby's. And I'm like, no, no Arby's not like work. that. <laughs> Please, no, not like that. Do they ever get to the point, though, where they start to do, like, do you got the meats or some crazy shit like that? Oh, my nickname in so many group chats is got the meats. Oh, my God. I've, ex I've like, accepted it, but I've tried <laughs> to make, like, a million other things that, like, my name can stand for. So that like that maybe will like fill the gaps. Um, I usually say that my name is Ringo Bongos and that's what it stands <laughs> for. Um, <laughs> I recently came with Rodney Balabney, which I think is really funny. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the, the list is probably like 200 names long. So we don't have we don't have time for me to introduce myself that many times. It's the whole episode. Yeah. It's just like, all the names. Just, yeah. Is this you finding your new identity actually? Yeah. 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 We'll settle on one eventually. Yeah, it's probably my mind tomorrow. 
it's probably something that will happen in interviews forever is like mm-hmm. rb what does that stand for and you just make it up different every time so yeah. like there's this mythos around you of like <laughs> we have no idea what rb stands for at all yeah that's the idea honestly <laughs> <laughs> one like of them's mystery. true but none of them are <laughs> get some like buzzfeed unsolved on me going on actually that's a great way to promote yourself yeah (laughs) i'm I'm one nut they can't crack (laughs) really actually you're the zodiac killer that's what it comes down Uh (laughs) i am i would never do you really think i look like ted cruz that is upsetting (laughs) there have been so many memes just in the past couple days that have just been about like everything obviously we're recording this on <laughs> thursday so if you were uh alive last week then fuck am i right uh <laughs> but like just like untrue things that are objectively very easy to prove that just like blow up and everybody's like yeah we just accept that now that's just accepted truth and the the, the zodiac killer ted cruz thing is like phenomenal <laughs> It's so yeah. good. And it's been going on for so long. Yeah. Like, I, I can't believe that is still like a bit that we're latched on to. Yeah. It, it's kind of a beautiful thing. It's like, <laughs> what meme all... has that longevity? Yeah. Like you could still wear a Ted Cruz's Zodiac Killer shirt or a pin or whatever merchandise somebody made on Etsy because it, it's still out there. And <laughs> oh, you're like, yeah. that's a relevant be- meme. That's a relevant <laughs> <Yeah>. meme. <laughs> I think it's even better if the meme is irrelevant, honestly. Yeah. Like, if somebody's what? wearing, like, a fucking Nancat shirt in, like, oh, the year 2021, <laughs> I'm going to be like, you are a real one. You come from the trenches of, like, 2010 Tumblr. Yeah. I, I see you, and you're going to be okay. Yeah. Hey, thank you. <laughs> hey, buddy. It's going to be okay. <laughs> thank you for your service out there. Just stay, just stay in that mindset of 2010 Tumblr, and you'll come out fine, probably. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> probably okay so you have your new album in sickness and in hell coming out on january 15th and we were listening to a couple of the um songs that we were sent over um and it is definitely like a big kind of like you call it drama pop which i can definitely tell in here (laughs) definitely and it like it tells like kind of different stories I'm also, I was picking up with some of it as well. Can you just talk talk to us a little bit more about that? About like trying to label any of it, I guess. <laughs> I guess label it and then um, just overall, like just see the development of the yeah. album as well. Um, so <laughs> the drama pop thing is kind of funny because I didn't want to get pigeonholed into this idea of like bedroom pop, like I've like matched with people on Tinder who are like, it's so cute that you make bedroom pop. And then I'm like, Ooh. I make pop music in my bedroom. It is not bedroom <laughs> pop. <laughs> like that is it's like, and which no, hey, I love bedroom pop. Like mm-hmm. I love the like claros of the world so so much. But it's like that is not like a sort of aesthetic of like I like lo-fi music, sure, and some of my stuff is a little bit lo-fi, but that's not like an aesthetic that I'm trying to adhere to. I want it to be this like kind of really dramatic and like almost theatrical sort of thing. Uh, Just because like, you know, I want to be able to like shake my ass when I like play shows, which it's very upsetting that I'm putting out this record and I can't play (laughs) freaking shows. Right. Um, But uh, yeah, with 
writing the record, it wasn't ever like super intentional. I didn't really know I was writing a record. I had just been like probably about three years ago, I started writing pop songs. Um, <laughs> I ran out of data on a tour and I started making beats in GarageBand on my phone. Mm-hmm. And that's what kind of started it. I was like, oh, I could like make electronic music. That would be kind of fun. And then I just sort of started writing a bunch of songs. Um, and then I was like, oh, it'd be cool to make an LP. And I was just like, okay, cool. This will be great. I'm just going to like record it all myself. That, that'll that be easy. I'll do it so quick. And now, you know, it's three years later now. Uh, it's finally done. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I it's it's funny too because I like almost none of the songs that I wrote like back then with the intention of like I'm gonna make a record like are on the record (laughs) um it's been through many iterations I wrote about 20 songs um all just kind of like it's kind of like a catalog of like there's kind of like an inciting moment of the record in the first single um ragdoll which is kind of like the beginning of the story of where like the whole record kind of starts um and like the the very first track that's like before that uh is like it's actually just like a phone demo that i recorded of the first song that i wrote after those events actually happened um so it's kind of just like um a retrospective is that something that is that a word that makes sense like a retrospective on like growth and recovery over that time um and I don't know I find it hard sometimes I'm working on this but I find it hard sometimes to like get lost in like the metaphor you know sometimes I'm just like this is how I feel and there's like nothing more to it (laughs) um and I I know it like in I never thought that I was good at like narrative songwriting but i i guess that like being literal in that way kind of helps with that um i don't know it's interesting that you say that you can like pick up stories in it because i i when i'm writing i'm just like i'm a crazed mess there's nothing (laughs) these are just words words are nothing but does it sound cool as long as it sounds cool we're good put it out um yeah that that's kind of that's kind of the whole bit. I just like wrote uh, 20 songs. I chose 10 of them. And uh, here we are. And it comes out next week. And that is like actually crazy to me. I like <laughs> thought it was going to come out in June of last year. That was like the slated idea. Uh, because, well, I was supposed to be going on all of these tours in the spring and the summer. So I was like, I'm going to get all my like vocals and stuff done before I leave. And then I'm going to mix it all on the road, send it off to get mastered. Then it'll release by, I wanted to release it like on my birthday or something, um, which is like the middle of June. And then like all my tours got canceled and I was just like, oh God, what do I do? (laughs) What do I do? And then, uh, you know, the world uh, kind of ended and I was involved in protests and other community stuff um, at home. So it just like didn't feel right to like really push to like put it out. I was just like, let's maybe just take some time for myself and also take a little bit more time with the record itself. And I think that time like really made all the difference um, and made me really appreciate uh, parts of the record way more than how I like initially um, made them or perceived them. 
Final answer. <laughs> <laughs> Is this going to be on the test? Yeah, actually. Oh, yeah. It's open book. It's open yeah. note. And also oh, you wrote okay. the notes. So. I, I didn't write that down, but yeah. good to know. Okay. <laughs> Listen, yeah. you go. Well, um, I know that earlier when we were recording, we were trying to uh, getting set up here. We were, we were trying to make sure we didn't hear the drums in the background, which we don't still hear the drums in the background. Mm -hmm. So we're all good there. But oh, because it is um, your roommate practicing for your album release live stream yeah. on the 16th of January, which I think is really cool. And I've seen some <laughs> other people do different like live streams, obviously, for like concerts and everything. But yeah. I don't think I've seen that many album release live streams with a full lineup because like Jahara's on there and like Foxy Dads and I was like oh this is like a whole ass setup that's yeah cool. yeah I am so excited I like I didn't think I was gonna do that um and then I was on my way I just got back from recording um with two of my bands um and when I was on my way out to the east coast to do that I was just kind of like thinking I'm like man I, I'm really itching to like play some music with some people and I, I was I turned to my partner and I was just like would it be cool if I did like a live stream do you think people would like care about that and they were like I mean just do it if you want to and I was like okay okay and I started like typing a note on my phone and I typed the like all the bands that I would want to be on it and all of them said yes so that was like <laughs> crazy to me um I was I feel so blessed it's I'm just like excited like it's gonna be so fun to like play a not like a I mean like a full band show you know uh in my basement um <laughs> but I live in a house venue so like we have like a show space so that's gonna be like it's gonna be kind of fun it's gonna actually feel like I'm playing the show yeah um and I'm just like so excited to be able to like have all my friends on to play as well like I just like I love a good twitch live stream i like never thought i would get into the like live stream shows thing but i like do not miss them now like it is one of the only ways that i feel like connected to the music scene still like twitter i just like i love twitter but twitter uh <laughs> and the music scene i'm just like mm -mm, mm -hmm. no 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 i pretend i do not see it mm -hmm. you know um <laughs> which there's just you know it's always yeah a it's a mess there's always something going on yes. um but the the twitch streams are so much fun because you can just sit in the chat and like hang out with your friends and it feels like you're like just hanging out with your friends at the gig and you can talk during the bands that's the best part also true <laughs> you can just like <laughs> chat with everybody and it's like i don't know it's just always so positive and everybody i don't know it's great i think it's just a great way for us all to like you know feel like we're not just stagnant or like twiddling our thumbs at home right now you know um and i'm excited to like do one of my own i think that's gonna be really cool i've like played a bunch of them but this is the first one that i've like put together and i'm like really nervous i'm like is anybody gonna watch this i mean i got i got you all these bands i think i hope you'll like them <laughs> i think you'll like them they're all really good uh, also i'll be there i don't you know you don't have to watch my set but like Look at all these bands just come for the openers <laughs> yeah. well it's just funny. like a real show i actually am splitting my set um so that i'm opening and closing okay so that nobody has to open very nice oh, okay. i'm just like if you want to see my whole set 
you gotta come at the beginning and you want to see my whole set you better be there at the end yeah. too buddy <laughs> come early stay late yep that's a <laughs> yeah was... I'm, tr I'm tricking everyone that's what yeah. i'm doing you're gonna I... create like the new build lineup of having five bands but also being like hey i'm the med the main headliner but guess what guys i'm <laughs> early you have no choice oh my yeah. gosh I actually really wish that was more like logistically possible at like actual shows <laughs> where I mean, no one's I've, like, can I borrow your drum kit? I've been on tours where uh, people where bands will do like um, like an acoustics set before the show. Mm -hmm. And that usually like gets people in like early, which I think is like a really interesting thing to do. Obviously, obviously if like you have to be marginally popular for like people to even care about that um to care about like an intimate acoustic set before the same set that you're going to play later you yeah know? um but i think that's like such a cool little thing and i it helps i don't know it helps fans feel closer to you and stuff I, which i think is important like mm -hmm. if i mean what do i know <laughs> <laughs> I <Nothing>. think, <laughs> but i think like you're on to something there with like how now that we have all been living in this no live music world where we haven't been able to go to a venue and like we had all these expectations of this is the band I'm going to see they're headlining and there's a couple openers we can show up late we can just like kind of you know whatever uh I think it's I think it's a it's a it's a ripe opportunity for some changes to like that expectation when you go to a live show uh especially when like my my expectation is as soon as like we can start having shows again. It's going to be, I don't want to go to shows. There's too fucking many shows. <laughs> everyone's, everyone's yeah. putting on their show. It's all on every single night. I'm at, I'm at a, I'm at a concert venue seven nights a week. It yeah. is exhausting. Uh, hearing loss is going to go sh straight yeah. up. It's like, oh, I've heard for too long. I'm ready to lose yeah. that. Uh, so I imagine that once we are back in this, it's going to be really difficult to get people to come to your show versus the 100 other shows that are happening mm -hmm. every single night now, because now all the touring bands are going to be back on tour, all the local bands, all the new bands that just started during, yeah, during started quarantine. Again. Yeah. All these, uh, you know, artists that have now like, I want to put this music out and I want to play it. And it's like, yeah, so I can't come to all of these shows. Yeah. Uh, I can imagine that somebody's going to go, I have to do something really special. I have to do something different. So yeah. I think you're on the right path there of just like, <laughs> what have I learned from doing it on Twitch? What have I learned from doing this on the internet for people? Yeah. I think also to your point about like it being hard to kind of cut through how many shows there's going to be, I think also it's going to hurt the, the house venues i think house venues are a lot of them either aren't going to come back or they won't come back till like a delayed point because it's like mm. even when the venues open like we still may not be at a point where you really want people like right. congregating in your home and i think that's going to hurt a lot of small bands who can't get venue shows or can't get bar shows or too young to play bar shows mm. and yeah i'm i'm interested to see what that shift is like but i mean I, I try so hard to be optimistic. It's so hard. <laughs> we all do. We all try our, our yeah. try our damnedest to be I optimistic. I just want everybody to be able to play music again. Yeah. Everybody who's nice and good, that is. If you're mean <laughs> and bad, I hope you never play music again. Yeah. 
stay you get to stay home after everybody else doesn't have to anymore (laughs) if you're mean and or rude you can't get in anywhere it was be like "Hmm, this no 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 everyone not you you are i would love it if you have to show your like facebook post before you can go into a show and they can be like oh no you're mean you can't come in here (laughs) oh no they're gonna be like hey what's your twitter handle real quick just check it are you a terrible human being sorry we can't let you in i'm not I'm not generally one for being like we should monitor monitor people's online activity. Oh, not but like at all. in this case, like <laughs> if you're an ass on the internet, I'm like, no, nah, I don't want them in the venue. I have always been team like all music is good unless you are mean and like or unless you're like unnecessarily mean or like a dangerous person, mm-hmm. then your music is terrible. <laughs> even if other people think it's good even if it's yeah. technically good your music is garbage if yeah. you are if you are a mean meanie poopoo head yeah music <laughs> is only for nice people yeah that's what i think i do think it's 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 going to be really cool to see i mean uh, the optimistic part uh trying to stay optimistic about it for me is that i've uh in many ways i i don't think that all music is good but i'm willing to say that it's like i probably just don't like the mean people music um but like fair point assuming that not all music is good i think that like i've been waiting for this moment in the music business and music scene of where like there's a bit more even more of an equalizer i feel like mm-hmm. everybody being able to put music out on the internet was a great equalizer among yeah. all artists that allowed you to be on the same platform as a small artist as a brand new artist with artists that have been around for years or the or the top selling artists and i think that with live venues now and going into this new experience is like this could be another like great equalizer where uh nobody nobody's been able to do anything for so long and everybody is so hungry to like go and see it that it's gonna really like challenge artists to like get something get something on the stage that's like really entertaining and really good to like build up to that point where we finally go back to how it has been or if we're if we're developing something new it will develop a different direction and become something that we've never seen before yeah it's it's really fun. I also think it like audiences are just so excited that like your general like concert goer crowd is going to be equivalent to like your average regulars at a bar crowd who are just stoked that you're playing mm-hmm. and they're be like, "Yes, this is music. It's live. I'm seeing <laughs> in front of me. There are people around. This is amazing." The guitar is right there, man. Right, right there. And I also, (laughs) on the flip side, we're like, (laughs) every musician I know is so like excited to get back at it, which like, God, me too. I would give anything to play a show right now. But one of us, I I just like, has anybody like lost their chops? I haven't seen anybody talk about this. Like, are like, (laughs) I know there are bands like still practicing and stuff, but like, nobody's playing like truly live. So, like, Mm -hmm. When we have the ability to like go nuts, like what's going to happen? I Everybody think me personally, I'm going to end up in the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to like try to do a high kick and I'm going to like knee myself in the head, give myself a concussion and like yeah. fall off like a five foot stage. That's what's going to happen to me. And I'm trying to prepare for that eventuality because I think it'd make a great story. Yeah. But I, I'm wondering, I'm wondering about every other band, especially like <laughs> hardcore bands. I'm like, you guys are going to just lose your minds when you can play again. 
Yeah. Like, you're going to all like injure your neck. You're going to be headbanging. You're not oh going to be used to doing it as often. And you're going to hurt yourself. Yeah. I will come out of mosh retirement. I don't know. Yeah. Like, this will be crazy. <laughs> God, what I would give to go to a show. I don't even care how shitty the band is. Actually, At this I point. I, yeah, I care a little bit how shitty. I like, care a little, little bit. Shit. I'd be like, okay. Like, be a little shitty. Uh, just, a, just a smidge. Like a little shitty. In, like yeah. shitty in like an endearing way. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, they're like really. They're really it. trying. They're just not that good, but they're trying, and I appreciate that. Good for them. Uh, <laughs> really putting it all together out there. You guys yeah. really look like you're having fun. Your That's mom, your mom in the front row, really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, your mom is like really hyped, and you know, I would, she's, she's drinking a lime marita, having the time of her life. I'm so happy for her. I would go to a high school battle of the bands in a heartbeat. Stop, if they were like, if they I were would, like. This is a show you can go to, and it's like I just I'm I'm going. I will be at a venue seven nights of the week. I will exhaust myself. I will become so tired so quickly. You're gonna see every single psych rock band that's in Chicago. Yes, I don't care. And you're gonna be like every night. So let's go, guys. I'm gonna go. Five six minute songs in a fucking row. Let's go. I'm throwing down. (laughs) I'm gonna go to that show, and then I'm immediately gonna be like, I don't know, this was a mistake. I'm going back home. (laughs) I'm never coming out again. My head actually kind of hurts. My tinnitus is already uh, back. I'll be honest. I really miss my computer. I really miss my desk. I really miss watching Netflix all day. I I, I don't know if I can be here. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sounds it'll like be hell. good. It'll be. It'll be. I think we're all, I, I think that's where I'm optimistic, at least, is like, we are yeah. all going to be back. We are all going to be very passionate. There will be a lot of audiences. I think it'll get harder to do Twitch live stream shows, which oh, kind of yeah. sucks. Wait, uh, I'm fine if it goes away after this, honestly. Yeah. It's a great placeholder, but it is nothing like the real thing. It's the 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 catharsis, the catharsis of the of the whole experience, yeah. Mm-hmm. Just Lizzie crying on my shoulder at 21 Pilots. Like, we'll never uh, have that again. <laughs> <laughs> it was one time. That was the whole thing. That was the, that was the journey. That was yeah. the journey. That Sounds was like journey, it might have been right? a journey. It, it was. Did you guys know that we have our own TikTok? It's at X Emo Social Club X, and we put a lot of different cool things on there from random train dancing videos to previews of our upcoming podcast episodes and anything else in between. And also make sure you're following us on our YouTube channel as well, Emo Social Club, to search it in the search bar. We have some really cool videos coming your way. Brian is making really cool adult beverages that you can make at home. I decided to make it an emo cocktail. So this one's called the Alone This Holiday by Muse. And I'm going to teach you how to make your favorite coffee from your equally favorite bands. The new Spear Box Coffee. We're gonna want to do 25 to 30 grams. All the coffee comes together, all the flavors are spread up. So keep on listening and follow our other social pages. Oh, and make sure to join the club. You mentioned earlier um, one of the songs, Ragdoll. When I listened to it, it gave me big like Emily Autumn type vibes because of kind of what was being talked about in it. And it was a kind of a heavier subject. And I do know that you mentioned also that it was kind of like processing and handling of certain events. And were you putting a lot of those kind of experiences into your um, music for this album? 
weirdly, no. Um, I kind of, my writing process is very strange. It's very like stream of consciousness. I usually will just sit down and like rock a little beat on like MIDI controller, play some chords. And then I'm just going to like, I just like loop that. And then I'm just like da da dying over it. And then I like find a melody I like, and then I just like start saying random words. And then eventually something ties together. Um, and of the songs that I wrote, like specifically with the album in mind, I guess, um, like Ragdoll, I think is the oldest one. Um, and that was like no different. Like it was definitely also very stream of consciousness. It was kind of a weird thing because I had been trying really hard to write on that experience for a long time, like since it had happened. Um, and I like never quite like had it, like found the words. And it's also just hard, I think, to tr sit down and try to write about something specific. I think it you end up having more blocks. Like it's a lot easier to write with like, I don't know, the fluidity of like your thought, like going. Um, and that it was interesting because I that song literally started. I was like driving, um, I was driving my partner, dropping them off somewhere, and I said something about like the frigid north, and they were like, "That's a cool phrase." And I was like, "It is kind of a cool phrase. I'm gonna write that down." And then like I dropped them off, and I'm like driving home, and I'm like kind of like meditating on it. I do I do a lot of writing while I'm driving or I'll just like start singing nonsense into my voice memos and just being like something'll stick. Um nothing from that stuck. I got I got <laughs> home um though and I did exactly what I always do and just like played some chords, made a little bit of a beat and it kind of just like fell out of me. I wrote that entire song in like the form that it exists now in like 6 hours. Um, I literally did not stop. I got home that day at like 9am. And then I just like went all day <laughs> until I finished it. Um, and I was just like, who, um, I just processed all of the shit that I've been like, kind of repressing for years. And now I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, okay, well, this is a uh, cool and then I was just, you know, at that point, I kind of knew I was like, okay, like, this is like where the record is going. Like, this made it like clear to me that this is like a record that I'm making now, even though I'd had those intentions before, like that was the first song where it like really clicked for me where I was like, I'm doing this for real, for real. Um, yeah. yeah. I don't intentionally like try to write about things though. It's usually like, Oh my God. Sorry. I'm going to do an anecdote here. Um, Please. Uh, I, <laughs> I don't try to write about these things. It's very stream of consciousness, right? I write to cope. My mom texted me after the second single misery came out and she was like, I heard your new songs. They're really good. Did you write them? And I was like, yeah. And I was like, and I like recorded them myself and I mixed them myself. And she's like, that's amazing. Did you write them from personal experiences? And I was like, <laughs> yes and she was like i'm worried about you <laughs> i was like mom i'm okay i had to like reassure her i was like i was like this is how i process my emotions so once i once i write it down i'm over it is kind of the way that i phrase it which isn't true but i was like 
I, I once I'm once I've written it down and once like if the song's already out, I'm like way past what I was mm. feeling in that moment when I wrote it. And she was like, okay, well, you know, you can always talk to me. I was like, mom, <laughs> I know, I know. And thank you for worrying about me. But, but I, <laughs> I'm okay. I promise. <laughs> I just am very melodramatic sometimes. <laughs> so that's, yeah. that's what we want in our artists though. We want the, yeah. we want like, the drama pop as you said. We want the drama pop. I like, I like being a little bit dramatic. I'm a little, yeah. like I acknowledge that I'm a little bit melodramatic, which is kind of where it all like comes from. I'm like, I can be a little bit cheeky and like poke fun at myself and also say these like really damning things like, in a very aloof way. I think that's like a lot of fun. Like it's a fun characterization of like my own, like very real despair. And like, I don't know, kind of the ways that it turns into me being like, boohoo, sorry for myself. Um, which is something I try really hard not to do. Swallowing is not good for you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know. It's a, it's a fun little thing that I like to play with with myself you know <laughs> i'm just like you stupid sad bitch you gotta calm down <laughs> literally our entire community yeah. <laughs> it's interesting to be i mean i've always struggled with like putting out that kind of personal art where you're like i'm going to express what i'm feeling in a way where even somebody you know as close as a parent would know exactly what i'm talking about and be like hey um <laughs> like i've never i've never been like I, I think i was benefited from the fact that all my music was on the internet and my parents were like what and i was like yeah you'll never hear this shit never gonna <laughs> can you make me a cd i can't i don't think i can't i'm sorry i don't i don't think i can i'm so sorry i'm so sorry do you have an iPod? Uh, I guess, you know, you just won't ever hear what I had to say about how you raised me and and, and the person oh I turned out to be. Oh my God. Guess we'll never know. Um, it's just, it's just, you know, I, I, and it's interesting to hear you say that like, after it's out, like you're already so far away from what you were feeling of it. Because I imagine for a lot of artists, it's like the the re the repetition of playing it all the time also is like, like if it's if it's cathartic to put it out there into the world, it's cathartic to write about it and cathartic to then have it presented to anybody, uh, family, friends, the internet, strangers on the internet, all that kind of stuff. It's like, well, this is a very personal thing for me, and now I have to essentially relive it and recreate those feelings in front of people in my life at yeah. you know a given moment. And I'm I'm curious how you do that <laughs> and like separate it. I actually it's yeah that's something that I've been kind of thinking about a lot lately because I haven't actually got gotten to play many shows with this project um most of them have actually been live stream shows I played like two full band shows uh at the beginning of the year like right before quarantine and then I played a handful of like solo shows prior to that um uh but I don't know it, I kind of I see this like sort of importance in I'm trying to work on honoring my emotions, <laughs> which is usually like when you're feeling them, which it sounds mm -hmm. very like silly and self-helpy, but I think the like true catharsis in like 
trauma or like pain is in being able to like acknowledge that you like you physically were there and you like survived that thing um and I find now that when I sing those songs that are like about these very damning things I think Ragdoll is probably like the hardest one for sure um and then the last track of the record which I don't know if did you guys hear did you guys get the whole record I don't I don't know if you did we got like um a couple singles here and there okay I thought it was going to be the whole but it was like you know some things here and there but it was fine it it was enough that we got the vibe we got the vibe in here (laughs) I, I was gonna yeah the last song on the record is also like a tough one but for very different reasons um but like when we've played Ragdoll I've like it's interesting when we did the the uh like full band shows I wanted to dance a lot because I mean it's kind of a dancey song it's kind of a jam um and it feels a little bit weird to be like you know grooving along to my trauma you know (laughs) (laughs) but at the same time I'm like it is so like I have to have this like little nugget of like pride for myself that I was able to like write something that I enjoy about this thing that was like so terrible and so like paralyzing for me for so long um and also I do kind of like put myself in that space again not in a way that would ever harm me but in a way where I can like kind of uh almost look back to like my past self and be like hey bud you're going to be all right. <laughs> Things are going to like get better, you know? And I don't know. I think we can kind of like creep through the, the like ethereal plane or astral <laughs> plane to like our past selves and kind of help them heal. And I think that that is really, really positive thing to do. Um, not only like for yourself, but like just for your general growth, you know? Um, it like, you never really close the book on your trauma, you know, like it's always part of you. So anything that you can do to kind of like heal those wounds in the meantime, like is positive. I don't know if that's profound or stupid, but that's (laughs) how I see it. I'm just caressing, you know, night 20 year old Arby's face, just like, Hey bud you're gonna be all right it's all gonna be good (laughs) i mean literally that's that's the whole point of that second single misery is like it's like i'm gonna complain about how badly i feel and how i kind of want to die all the time but like it's also a banger and you should shake your ass (laughs) i'm gonna are you like I don't I don't care if this like makes you feel bad for me. That's I I'm not here for your pity. I'm here for you to shake your fucking ass. <laughs> so Wow. <laughs> Grooving to my trauma. I've yeah, never it, even thought about it that way, also. So that was you got yeah. like a, a nugget of truth from me just, just now. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's just like you know when you just like hear something and you're like, well, that just defined everything. Yes. <laughs> that just that like completely encapsulated a moment in time. That is just I'm going beautiful to wait thing. 
for like a pitchfork reviewer to eventually use that to describe <laughs> i don't know what album hopefully it's yours one day and they at yeah. least do a 7.2 or something oh, that's nice enough I actually really like their reviews. I'll be honest. Their reviews are very entertaining. I know we've talked about this a while ago, but I'm always thinking that Pitchfork is like carrying the back, is like carrying the music industry reviews on their back because everybody keeps writing two complimentary reviews. Yeah. And they're like, fuck it. I'm just going to rip this, rip whatever it is <laughs> to shreds to <laughs> show <laughs> everyone. It's like, you know what? Do it. No one else is doing it. Good for oh my you. God. We were having that conversation in my house the other day. My roommate is like finishing up a record right now. And uh, she was just like, you know, there's a, a possibility that like Pitchfork reviews this and they might give me like a five and I'll read it and I'll be like, you know, this is a negative review, but you're pretty much right about everything you said. <laughs> and I'll say it on the outside and I'll just save the tears for the inside. <laughs> and I was like, honestly, yeah, like, it, I actually, I really, I don't, uh, I hate Anthony Fantano. We'll just get that out there and uh. it, into the blue. But um, <laughs> I do think people turn review, like reviews are mostly just write-ups now. They're, they're mostly yeah. just like promotional, which I think is fine. Like I mm. love people who do music journalism. I think it's really cool and they use very pretty words to describe things. And I love that. Um, and I love the way that they can like, describe something sonically through words like i think that is such an interesting skill um and but I, I think like you know sometimes it's a little bit too much when I, it's like oh someone posted a review and it's it's amazing look at this amazing thing that we did this is the best um and then pitchfork is just like you know this is pretty good uh, if you like such and such, you might like this. Uh, but you know that you know that seventh track, it's a real stinker. It's a real dud, and you can be like, ah, oh, yeah, okay, maybe that, maybe it was. <laughs> I, I like, I like a little bit of critique. I don't like like criticism, but like a little critique is fine with me. I think Pitchfork's good. Constructive, at that. constructive critique is good, not completely yeah. destructive dismantling yeah, yeah, yeah. of everything <laughs> you have built up. There's because I think some music blogs do that, <laughs> but then they nobody listens to like listens to them anymore. You know, mm. if like if a music blog posts like a crazy takedown of something that's like pretty good, nobody's ever going to care about their opinion again. <laughs> right. <laughs> So you have to be cautious with how honest you are. Pitchfork has the platform where they can be pretty brutally honest. And I think that's impressive on its own, right? Yeah, I think when it comes to music journalism, it has a lot of accessibility for a lot of people who wouldn't have it otherwise, which is great. But at the same time, there's been such an intersection, like you said, about like write-ups versus reviews. And I have a friend who um, writes for New Fury Media, and he had done like, not like a really hard critique, but, you know, gave some like criticism. And I think they only get like, it's like three out of five stars. So really not that bad. Mm -hmm. And their fan base started to like harass him on like social media. And he's like, I'm just trying to write an honest review and critique. And I'm like, this is why I don't write reviews at all because God. I will be like upfront up with it, but I'll give you my reasons why. But if I'm going to get harassed over it, then it's not worth the time and the anguish to yeah. like have to deal with that 
Because it's the same thing that we saw with like Lizzo got super pissed off at Pitchfork when they reviewed her album and everyone was like, it's Pitchfork. Yeah. Like it's Pitchfork. Just, we just accept it here. (laughs) We're just here living in the Pitchfork world. (laughs) I was looking at their site the other day, actually. And I was looking at what records have like the perfect 10. Right. And (laughs) so my beautiful dark twisted fantasy came out 10 and then it took 10 years for another record to get a perfect 10. And it was the Fiona, Fiona Apple record, which made sense. I was like, it's a great record, but it's just like, that is like, you have to look at how big the gaps are to realize like how strict they really are with their ratings. I don't know. It's pretty wild. They give like, uh, Taylor Swift records like sevens. I think that's yeah. pretty good. And I love Taylor Swift. So I'm like, mm-hmm. if they if I got a seven on Pitchfork, I'd be over the moon. I'm like, you think I'm as good as T Swift's lover? Like, that's you, great. You, you call up your like your press agent, you're like, yo, we're putting this. Oh, they say you only got a seven. I'm like, we're putting it in there. We're putting Put it, it in, in there. there. <laughs> <laughs> Name all the other records that I'm just as good at. Like, yeah, these are all the records that were rated the same as mine. If you like this, you're gonna like ours. It's it's this exact amount of good. good. (laughs) No, no better, no worse. You're not gonna be surprised, but you're not gonna be disappointed. (laughs) Oh my god. I I do think that we should just start our own uh music review website where we just say this is good because the people in the band are nice. Yeah, yeah. This is bad because the people in the band are mean. Yes. So check their Twitter own, thread. It's our own is this band emo.com, but it's like, is this yeah. band good? Is this band or nice? Is this band mean? And then it just tells you. And then we have our answer. Bad music, mean people. Yeah. <laughs> There's no bad music, only mean band members. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And we'll yeah. rate how mean you are on a decimal scale from <laughs> one to 10, from zero to 10. Oh my God. Oh my God. Can you imagine? Oh, I'm thinking of like, it's so chaotic i'm thinking now of like tinder reviews that are like laid out like pitchfork that would be absurd (laughs) right yeah review a date that you had with someone and then you just (laughs) that reminds me of the black mirror episode where like you rated every reaction you had with somebody until you like lost your freaking mind oh my gosh i love that show so much this could get really dark, but I also am like, no, music, I'm fine with it. Like, if we got really, like, deep into how nice and and or mean the artists were to just, like, I feel like that is, like, the way that I listen to more music now is, like, oh, I really like this artist and I really like this music, but I they're mean. Like, they said something shitty on the internet, so now I don't want to listen to them anymore. I'm way more likely to not pick up a record because they were an asshole one time. Yeah. <laughs> just, I know. It's, it's kind of wild. And it... I don't ever want to like damn people for their mistakes or whatever. Right. But sometimes I'm just like, I know you're just mean and you're just like that. And I don't really care about your band because of that. You know, I don't, I just don't want to. <laughs> you yeah. can't, like, make- you're, you're going to fake accountability and then you're just going to be mean all over again. And then we're going to be yeah. right back yep. here another year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> remember the i was at warp tour one year and i was walking by the singer of the cab and oh my I was god like, hey. I love that band. he just straight up ignored me just straight up i i he very well may not have heard me but i was yeah. you know that energy that energy tr- like entered me and i was like i don't like this band anymore 
I just don't like the cab anymore because of that one interaction. I, I, I realize how ridiculous this is all. So yeah. I'm like, of course I listen to the cab. I just uh, first record only. Still holds up. It's for wars, pretty good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I didn't like the second record too much, but. Oh, I didn't either. It's just yeah. Whisper War for me. I only go back to my old scene faves. So like anything that came out in like 2007, 2008, I'm like, that's. Yeah. I, that's I, I stopped listen listening to, to music. <laughs> Literally, that was a full year of, of uh, top 10 uh, Pitchfork records. <laughs> yeah. That's... It's just just oh my, my dark twisted fantasy on Warp Tour stages all across the country. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> that's the most awful, horrific metaphor I ever thought of. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's terrifying. Actually, that's pretty rough. <laughs> well, we don't know what's gonna happen now because they're getting divorced, him and Kim. So we're, oh, we're gonna yeah. see how that all. That's gonna be a nightmare. Yeah, I don't it's... keep up with like celebrities and what <laughs> whatever they do, but you know, I see the news on Twitter every now and again, and you know, the kids on TikTok are always talking about oh, it. Yeah. And I'm on there. These all damn the kids. Time. <laughs> These damn kids. <laughs> the kids on TikTok who are like saying that kanye and jeffree star are an item I, that, so and that's what i was gonna say earlier said, what are we what dimension did we jump into yeah about like the uh the zodiac is. killer thing it's like it's just it's yeah, like somebody literally just made it up somebody who makes up a bunch of shit on the internet made it up and people ran with it knowing fully that it's true it's not true and it's completely made up we're just like well this happened yeah. like, but you know it didn't it's like if Ted Cruz can be the Zodiac killer, then I guess this could be true too. <laughs> it's all, yeah. yeah, it's all in this world where you're just like, if I tell something, if I tell a lie, if I tell like a completely fabricated story that is just like everyone could plausibly accept as true, even though they know it's wrong, then, <laughs> then you win. Then you, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's yeah. all you have to do. <laughs> I was I was actually thinking for a moment. I'm like, do I have any skeletons in this room? <laughs> like you know, actual skeletons. I, like I actually somehow don't. Well, I have a a skull. Does that count? That counts. That counts. Yeah. I have a skull snow globe on my desk. I, I really only have skeleton my skeletons in my closet until around October when I start decorating and I take them out and put them all over. Yeah, that's fair. That's, I, that's I, what I I'll say. For Halloween and then I never take it down. Yeah. Yeah. I have people in my life that really like decorating for Christmas. And I'm like. <sighs> just have spooky Christmas, though. I just want spooky yeah. Christmas. <laughs> take the skulls down. You just, it's, you just throw a Santa hat on it and call it a day. And then you yeah. kind of do the same thing for every holiday. You just mm -hmm. add a hat to it. That <laughs> to it. This is our festivity tree. We yeah. just change the, the thing that's on top of it for every <laughs> holiday. I actually have seen people do that. I think that's really, really cute. It's total like Pinterest mom stuff, but like, <laughs> God, I love that. Yeah. The aesthetic. And it's much easier for like, just throughout the year, you're like, I don't have to put anything away. Not as much stuff in storage. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Uh, there's one thing that our generation is going to grow up to do. And yes, I said that as old as I possibly could sound. There's, <laughs> one, there's one thing our generation is going to do as we get older is just like, Figure out the laziest way to do things that just make us completely happy because we're not wasting our time on bullshit. Listen, we're all trying to live in tiny houses. There's no room for storage. Uh, would love a tiny house. I'm a maximalist. <laughs> I actually almost lived in a camper. Uh, I ended up just being homeless instead because my car broke down. Uh, that was a weird uh. year. Um, tiny houses are cool. It's interesting that like, 
the it's interesting to see the shift of like people wanting that because you know it literally comes from like the poverty of our generation mm -hmm. um, oh yeah but it is very cool at the same time but i have i like all of my knickknacks so i couldn't <laughs> have those because you can't bring ceramic clowns in a house that's on the back of a truck unfortunately fair all right, ceramic, ceramic clowns first of all let's break this down yeah you want to break it down i i, I mean, have two behind me <laughs> i'm appreciating your whole backdrop here which is going to be yeah. uh terrible this podcast content but great visual content it's actually not even the coolest part of my room here are two clowns um oh boy. <laughs> i yeah yeah they're they're in a band together um okay okay above me my friend got me this really creepy um it's like paper mache and it's hanging from balloons um clown for secret santa last year that's basically <laughs> what happened um, so i noticed through um your socials that you are epileptic and how has that kind of been like just putting shows together i know that there's you know um a lot of different initiatives in the scene at the very least to make sure that there's like no shrub lights for example but how has that been something that you have been trying to either get more attention about or have been trying to incorporate into your own either music or into, you know, when you were doing things live um, <laughs> in your live shows? Um, so it's really just been uh, one of those things that's just like always been on the like rider for any band that I'm playing in. Um, but even then, like, most of the time when we would be like sound checking, I'd say something again because I have been burned a handful of times where like sudden like we're playing and like suddenly there's just like strobes and I just have to like close my eyes and just like turn around and, you know, try not to like have a fucking seizure in front of a bunch of people, um, <laughs> traumatize them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's one of those things that I try to be like pretty vocal about. Um, mostly just like so other people who would maybe see my bands would be aware. Um, whether that's like somebody who's working at a venue or like someone who booked the show, like anybody, like anybody already being aware that that's like, you know, comes with booking any band that I'm in, um, is super helpful. There are also just like my, uh, my friends Ellie and Hannah do the lead DIY, which is specifically for like epilepsy awareness, um, which is awesome. I love them very dearly. Um, it was actually fun when me and Ellie were on tour together last fall. And it was the first time either of us had been on tour with another person who was epileptic. And it was like our entire text thread is just like each of us being like, hey, I talked to, to the light guy already. We're good for today. Anybody talk to the light guy? Hey, there's a really flickery light in the bathroom. <laughs> and like it was just like that all the time. It was really awesome, actually, just to like have somebody kind of looking out for you. And like, I don't know, I, I know we both felt a lot safer knowing that like both we each like exchanged our like medical information and like what to do in case of either of our seizures because the thing about people who don't have epilepsy is they usually way overreact <laughs> like like i don't know people call ambulances for seizures that they super do not need to and then end up putting people in debt and that's like very like it, appreciate the gesture but like you're overstepped um 
so I know we both felt a lot safer, like knowing that either of us could handle it if there was like something going on with either of us. God forbid we put that one at the same time. <laughs> I never even considered that possibility until this <laughs> Oh God, what a crazy thing that would have been. Yeah. Um, <laughs> really, really would have shook up that tour. Um, but yeah, it, I think being open about it too has helped me find other epileptic, not just epileptic, the epileptic. It's weird. I, it's a hard word to say. Very I know when I was yeah. saying it, I'm like, I hope I don't mess up this word when I said it. And yeah. Then I, was, yeah. I did it. I'm proud of it. <laughs> it's helped me find not just other epileptic people, but like other disabled people in the community. Um, and it's kind of turned my eye more on accessibility in ways that I like hadn't um, really thought about as much before. Um, obviously there are like limitations, especially with like DIY venues and house venues. Um, but so many like large venues, like, like promo West sort of stuff, live nation, any of that. Um, like it is like unacceptable how inaccessible some of those venues are. Like, it's like you have so much money and you are like alienating entire groups of people because you I, I don't know for for what reason for like absolutely no reason because you want to have like one floor space that's for that's all GA it's like that's cool but like you know maybe you could let other people who paid for this show see it too that would be yeah. very nice um but yeah it, it's definitely made me think about accessibility a lot it's made me realize how little people fucking care about disabled people um because i've had a lot of white guys get really pissed off at me when i'm like hey uh during our set no strobes and he's like why not and i'm like i have epilepsy and he's just like okay like that has <laughs> happened to me like no joke probably 50 times and it it's really like disheartening because I'm like, Oh, does this guy like have a vendetta against me? Is he going to like try to like push the limits or whatever? I've had to like stand up for myself during sets before too. And just be like, Hey, don't do that. And I feel really bad. I don't want to like call someone out at, while they're working, but it's like, I it's one it's on the rider in the first place. I shouldn't even have to tell you. Right. Uh, but yeah, it just, it feels so like alienating and isolating to not be able to like engage with shows the same way some people do. I make this joke all the time that it's very hard to be a fan of Code Orange and have epilepsy because like all of their shit oh, yeah, is, their stuff is groby as hell. <laughs> <laughs> I I watched, I should say I listened to their uh the live stream they did at the beginning of beginning of quarantine. And I just had like, <laughs> like turned my brightness like way down, and <laughs> yeah. But it's like I love that band. It's like I and I want to engage with this, but it's like it could literally like trigger a seizure for me. I it and it's always just like the stupidest shit too. It's like I don't. There are ways that you can like establish this effect without it being so like triggering to people and also it's not even about like not using effects it's it's about like telling people that you're going to um yeah sorry i went on a little bit of a rant there uh it's good yeah no, being epileptic in music is it's not uh it's not easy i definitely don't have it as hard as a lot of other disabled people in the community because i can still like enter venues i'm still like 
visibly like able-bodied you know um and so I do my best to like kind of be looking out for everyone's best interests in that way uh but at the same time I gotta gotta keep myself safe you're starting to do the brown m&ms trick or something to be sure they've read that writer the yeah. van halen thing oh, yeah okay yeah <laughs> it's like it's like one of those things that when you hear for the first time you're just like whoa it's brilliant and then you like bring it up again and you're like oh it's like the mystery is now like lost on that for me it's like yeah no it's just like now i have I've to figure out something else requests though like people are people are a little nuts with it some people put a, put some jokes in there sometimes yeah pretty good i thought i thought about it sometimes when i was sending them and i'm like no i don't look look nobody's even asking for a writer (laughs) (laughs) i shouldn't put jokes in there they're like i have to fucking read this who are you you're the opener (laughs) what are you doing you're playing three songs why do you have a writer uh you'll notice that there's a full case of beer on that writer actually thank you (laughs) i will have it in our green room you don't even have a green room I remember I, I, I read somebody's writer one time when I was working and I like saw it and it said like only like three specific flavors of kombucha by only one specific brand. And I'm like, you know what? You you get what you get. In that sense, you get what you get. Yeah, but also and like, now you gotta check the other what stuff. You like, and I respect that. Yeah. I like what I like. <laughs> I I usually- we were very we've always been, and Lizzie knows this, we've always been very like yeah whatever's fine like we they're like do you want beer and we're like yes and they're like what do you what what would you like and we're like whatever we you have available yeah. we just it's whatever, fine whatever you want to give us whatever's the easiest for you Thank we you. understand yeah. what's going on here but then if we like you know if we come back to the same venue we did well the time before it's like hello i'd like the one step up from what you gave us last time <laughs> i want the past gold ribbon now yeah whatever whatever that one step up is that one but whatever yeah. it is I don't care. I'm not gonna oh, be picky. Yeah. Just whatever it is, but just the next level. Thank you. Yeah. Uh-huh. You gave me a Coors Light before. I like a Coors Heavy. <laughs> yeah, you just gotta get promoted every time. Yeah. 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 Coors Banquet. I was like, gonna say fancy. you would go to Banquet after. Yeah. Life. Oh <laughs> yeah. Just the. Those are delightful bottles so, to have on stage. So fancy. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Makes me feel like I'm at the country club. Oh God, Brian. <laughs> With Deborah and Rick. With Deborah and Rick. That's the name of my country club friends, Lizzie. Don't insult my country club friends. Rick is my dad's name. Well, he drinks banquets I... with me every Thursday. At the country club? Wow. At the country really club. Wild. That's that's absolutely wild. I didn't know I didn't know you guys knew each other. That's pretty crazy. You know, I thought you two would have bonded over having the same last name then. You know, it's very similar last names. Weird. You never brought it up. That yeah. your friends Brian, Brian can really roll with the with the dad jokes. You can really hook him in. He knows really, how to do yeah. that. Yeah. Like, haha, got him. Clowning <laughs> around. I learned that one from Mike in the chat. Oh yeah. That's a pretty good one. Pretty good one. um yeah let's give you give you an opportunity to to tell everybody where to find you and uh especially for the for the live stream when it's coming up yeah um i am get tough stay tough on both twitter and instagram um get t-u-f-f tough that's usually how i say it to people Uh, (laughs) (laughs) and yeah i don't use facebook uh i have a facebook page you can go to it if you want 
I post in there maybe once every two months. That <laughs> I I'm really working on that, but I just hate being on there. Um, I'm also get tough, stay tough on Twitch, which is where my live stream is going to be next Saturday, the 16th at 7 PM Eastern. Uh, that's all the information. Hmm. Follow me on the socials because I will be <laughs> posting more details about that live stream and about the record release, uh, over the course of the next week. It's pretty crazy that it's like happening now it's right here yeah it's really actually freaking me out a little bit <laughs> I'm like, oh god people are gonna listen to this now oh gotta prepare for that <laughs> uh i'm assuming all the music is spotify everywhere everybody oh, yeah. spotify everywhere sorry it's streaming um if you do Bandcamp, i also do that support um, on Bandcamp. yeah i i like Bandcamp. i i have my qualms though I have my qualms with every way it's, that I have no to do There's no perfect. There's yeah. no perfect way to do it. The perfect way is burning a CD and handing it to somebody and they give you whatever amount they want to give you, I guess. Yeah. I should say, though, all my music is free on Bandcamp. Um, or name your price, rather. Yeah. Um, so if you want it to have and to hold in your digital device and to then <laughs> burn to a CD... <laughs> <laughs> Or put on your MP3 player or your Zune. Oh, uh, yes. Oh, the Zunes. You can put it on your Zune or your iPod Nano. Um, yes. You can download it from there. And if you gave me money, that'd be cool. But I, you know, do do whatever you want. <laughs> I, want I, I don't know. I don't really, uh, I don't care about my music making me money. <laughs> I just want people to have it. Like if people want to have it, I'm like, you should be able to have it. Yeah. Money shouldn't be like a barrier for like having uh I mean like having art that's a hard thing to say as a freelance digital artist. To right. be like people shouldn't pay money for art, but like <laughs> I'm saying no, people shouldn't pay money for people my pay me art. for art. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't pay money for my music unless you want to. If you're like rich, give me as much money as you can. Yeah. I would really like Where that. are you? Come out. Yeah, yeah. My Venmo is RB Row. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually no. how I got banned from Tinder. Oh, because your Venmo was in it? Yeah. Wow. Oh. I didn't realize that they were uh they were cracking down on that. That was a while ago. And I tried to remake Tinder because I was bored. Uh, you know, we've all been in quarantine. <laughs> I just wanted to talk to someone. Yeah. Um, I redownloaded it and they were like, nope, still banned. And I was like, wow. it was one mistake. <laughs> I just wanted some rich guy to send me like $50. Yeah. You know so what? I can get a burrito. It can happen now on TikTok and nobody can really say oh, too yeah. much. Mm. Yeah. I never even thought about putting my Venmo in my TikTok. That is a smart, that is a smart, smart move. Yeah. Give that one yeah. a try. That's my new yeah. crowdfunding tactic. <laughs> not my music though don't you dare pay right. for my music right don't <laughs> give me money for music the, mo the money is separate from the art the money is just money for money's sake yeah like, it's just, for me I... to buy more plushies yeah we go. that's all we need in the world <laughs> need to outfit this whole couch <laughs> i actually plush. have a chair full of more over there oh my god <laughs> these guys are just hanging out because they i was lonely yeah 
you're like i want i want some design but i don't want to go crazy here so yeah we're, we're not just going a to few change. plushies but i still have the other ones in case i need to add yeah, I want yeah. You to know that I'm an adult, but I'm a sophisticated adult. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm so I'm so sophisticated. Can't you see with my baby Yoda bop it and my ceramic clowns? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I think baby Yoda is like ubiquitous now. Like you could have it yeah. in anything, and it's like it's both professional and like charming and youthful. I don't know the other descriptors I want to use, but you know, it's like people are like you're one of us. Yeah. I ordered the actual plush version of him. Um, I'm still waiting on him, unfortunately. Oh, but when he does come, I'll have two of them. They'll, they'll be go. friends. The child <laughs> will have a child. Oh I think God. that's just neat. I think that's just great. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> that's what they deserve. Uh, RB, this was lovely. Thank you so much for being yeah. on. Thanks for chatting with us. Uh, everybody, make sure to check out the live stream when it's live. Follow on Twitch. And uh, yeah, thanks again. I don't know how to. I don't know how to end a podcast. I don't know. Bye. Forgot yeah, bye. we were on like hiatus for like two weeks because of the holidays, and Brian forgot how to end the podcast. I don't know. The podcast goes on forever. My whole life is a podcast. Anyway, bye. Podcast <laughs> recording. Thank you all for listening. Thank you all for hanging out with us again another week. We're happy to be back doing the live episodes. We're happy to be back chatting with new friends into the new year uh having RVs. better hangs yeah you know RVs. making it better out there for you i try oh god oh god we're trying we are <laughs> we are small but we are mighty and we are trying <laughs> and we're tough uh get tough stay tough uh rb is super chill so thank you again rb for being on please go listen please go check out the live stream on the 16th and um yeah, we, we really would appreciate it if you are enjoying the pod this year to make sure you are liking, commenting, uh, subscribing, sharing, anything you can do. We have a Discord. We have all these places. We are, uh, we're, we're, we're making 2021 our bitch. No matter how much it's trying to get out of it, we're making it our fucking bitch. And now you, ha- you, now you work for us, 2021. Now you're, 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 part of the, you're part of our system. So this is the year when Emo Social Club gets hard and just like fucking. That's all uncomfortably aggressive. I understand what we mean here. Yeah, Lizzie, you're 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 conscious of what I'm saying. You're just not liking the tone that I'm saying. (laughs) Is what I'm understanding, and that's very fair. It's fair criticism. Brian has only child energy, and hell yeah, he gets more assertive and aggressive. Uh, I'm like, you good? Yeah. Fucking great. I'm fucking getting shit done because I don't have brothers or sisters to fucking weigh me down. Yeah, I said it. Yeah, I fucking said it. Thank you for joining us again. Uh, Yes, please like, comment, subscribe on everything. Please support us on all the social medias. Uh, With that, I'm Brian. And I'm Lizzie. See you next week. Goodbye. Get tough, stay tough. Is that going to encourage you to work out? Get tougher? We used to have a our friend group in college to call it the Get Big Committee. I don't like that at all. And um, we would go around and just ask any committees if they had any business. So we'd always get to the Get Big Committee. And they'd always just be like, yeah, Get Big Committee, we got real big this week. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>